have come to the beginning of our Lenten spring. Lent is a journey. The Israelites journeyed from bondage to freedom. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, and his Passover was from death to life. In the early centuries, litanies were sung in procession with incense and cross as we use today, sometimes outside from church to church. Martin Luther had great affection for this great litany, particularly in times of crisis. The litany incorporates confession of sin, Kyrie, and prayers. Our procession today represents our Lenten pilgrimage through the desert to the promised land of Easter. We are accompanied by the saints, our holy ancestors in the faith. Let us journey to resurrection and new life. As a sign of Lenten penitence, please kneel if you are able. Holy God, creator of heaven and earth, have mercy. Holy and mighty, redeemer of the world, Holy immortal one, sanctor of the faithful, Holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, one God. Have mercy on From all evil and mischief, from pride, vanity, and hypocrisy, from envy, hatred, and malice, and from all evil intent, save your deliverance. From sloth, worldliness, and love of money, from hardness of heart and contempt for your word and your laws. From sins of body and mind, from deceits of the world, flesh and the devil. From famine and disaster, from violence, murder, and dying unprepared. In all times of sorrow, in all times of joy, in the hour of our death, and at the day of judgment, by the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your birth, childhood, and obedience, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation. By your ministry and word and work, by your mighty acts of power, by the preaching of your reign, by your agony and trial, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, Amen. 
by your mighty resurrection, by your glorious ascension, and by your sending of the Holy Spirit. Hear our prayers, O Christ our God. Hear us, O Govern and direct your holy church. Fill it with love and truth. And grant it that unity which is your will. Hear us, O Give us boldness to preach the gospel in all the world and to make disciples of all nations. Enlighten Elizabeth, our presiding bishop, Yehiel, our bishop, and Craig, Michelle, and Ben, our pastors, with knowledge and understanding that by their teaching and their lives they may proclaim your word. Give your people grace to witness to your word and bring forth the fruit of your spirit. Bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived. Strengthen those who stand Comfort and help the faint-hearted. Raise up the fallen and finally beat down Satan under our feet. Hear us, o Guide the leaders of the nations into the ways of peace and justice. Give your wisdom and strength to Donald, the President of the United States, J.B., the Governor of this state, and Lori, the Mayor of this city, that in all things they may do your will for your glory and the common good. Give to the Congress of the United States the members of the President's Cabinet and those who serve in our state legislature and all others in authority, the grace to walk always in the ways of truth. Bless the justices of the Supreme Court and all those who administer the law, that they may act with integrity and do justice for all your people. Hear us, o Give us the will to use the resources of the earth to your glory and for the good of all. Hear us, o Bless and keep all your people. Hear us, O Christ. 
comfort and liberate the lonely, the bereaved and the oppressed. Keep in safety those who travel and all who are in peril. Heal the sick in body, mind, or spirit, and provide for the homeless, the hungry, and the destitute. Guard and protect all children who are in danger. Shower your compassion on prisoners, hostages, and refugees, and all who are in trouble. Forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and turn their hearts. Hear us as we remember those who have died, and grant us with them a share in your eternal glory. Give us true repentance, forgive our sins of negligence and ignorance, and our deliberate sins, and grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit to amend our lives according to your word. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Lord God, our strength. The struggle between good and evil rages within and around us. And the devil and all forces that defy you tempt us with empty promises. Keep us steadfast in your word. And when we fall, raise us again and restore us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. 
the serpent said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Word of God, word of life.
A reading from Romans. Just as sin came into this world through one human being, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. Sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died through the trespass of one human, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of the one human, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. And the free gift is not like the effect of the sin of one human being. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If, because of the trespass of one, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as the trespass of one person led to condemnation for all, so the act of righteousness of one person leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the disobedience of one, the many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, the many will be made righteous. Word of God, word of life. Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But the devil answered, It is written, 
One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, God will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor and said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve God alone. Then the devil left Jesus and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. What do you picture when you hear the word Lent? Purple? A cross? Stones and branches? A journey? The chocolate or alcohol you are giving up? I doubt your answer is nature. Yet the word Lent means lengthening. And for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, the lengthening of days means spring. And we are more than ready for a high temperature in the 50s today. Oh, blessed nature, oh, blessed spring. Did you notice that both of today's primary texts take place in nature? The Garden of Eden in Genesis, and the wilderness of testing in Matthew. So which one are we living in these days? Hmm. Probably not a garden, if you ponder the ways we're treating the earth and the grave concerns we have for its future. Maybe wilderness is the better metaphor. Jesus fasts and prays for 40 days in the desert, all comforts stripped away. He's alone with his thoughts which surely includes some doubts, some uncertainties. But what about us? We can go on a trek to the desert, but there just may be one inside of us. One author said the way to know if you're in a spiritual wilderness is this. Look around for what you normally count on to save your life, and you come up empty. In the wilderness, the save us, O Lord, Lenten response seems apt. 
save us. We have nowhere else to turn. Whether the coronavirus, the falling stock market, political or economic uncertainties, our fears get a hold of us. It's human nature, right? One pundit, Farhad Manju, admits that the future is unknowable, but observes that a range of forces is altering society in fundamental ways. In the last couple of decades, he writes, the world has become more unmoored, crazier, somehow messier. Chaos monkeys have been unleashed, he says. And then he suggests that all pundits, and maybe I would add all of us, should strike a note of humility in the midst of this expanding unknown. Instead of being so certain, maybe we should add a disclaimer to everything we say. I could be wrong. We all could be wrong. The story of Adam and Eve in the garden is usually described as the fall or the beginning of original sin, what simply some might call our human nature. In other words, that we're turned in on ourselves. This text, though, has sometimes been used to justify the subordination of women because Adam blames Eve or that apple incident. But I wonder what wisdom there is for us in looking at this problematic text through the lens of nature, not simple, simply traditional theology. For one, if you consider a creation that evolves, there was never literally a garden of Eden without death, without pain. Each species preys on one another for survival, not because of sin, but this is the chain of life, right? One organism nourishes the life of the other. But enter human beings, and the way we treat other species without regard for the Earth's whole ecosystem is surely sin, a kind of spiritual virus. It reflects our desire to be God rather than creature. So Lent is the season we focus on confessing the ways we have sinned against God, one another, ourselves, and yes, the earth. And as much as we want to romanticize nature and think only of mountains, and beaches, and beautiful birds. Nature is a place of agony as well. Darwin tells of evolution pushing toward ever more complex and beautiful life forms. This entails struggle, which brings pain and suffering. One author puts it bluntly, and I would say harshly, Nature is random, contingent, blind, disastrous, wasteful, indifferent, selfish, 
cruel, clumsy, ugly, full of suffering and eventually death. It is in nature that we must struggle and accept and embrace our mortality, our finitude, our human frailty. Remember you are dust. To dust you will return. It is human nature though to grieve, which is the cost of love. Our hearts break when a beloved dog or cat dies. When we see a dead deer on the road, when we, when we must say a final goodbye to a loved one. But a spiritual truth we learn in nature is this sentence I love by theologian Elizabeth Johnson. Glorious life arises and is renewed in the midst of its perpetual perishing. I'll say it again. Glorious life arises and is renewed in the midst of its perpetual perishing. Can we trust in this hope that in nature and in our spiritual lives, life arises out of death? We will wrestle with this mystery all the way to Easter. And so I wonder, is lack of trust the great sin at the heart of human nature? Our inability to place our lives in the hands of a benevolent God Instead, we trust in the newest fad, the latest gadget, the overblown rumor, the messianic candidate who promises to save and solve all the problems of the world. In some Native American cultures, young men at the time of puberty go off into nature on a vision quest. They enter the harsh wilderness knowing that they will come out on the other side with a different version of themselves. Imagine, the boy is by himself, alone with his thoughts and fears. And through rituals such as fasting and smudging, he looks for power and meaning in nature. And through mystical dreams and visions beyond his everyday experience. Jesus goes on, a 40-day vision quest. In the wilderness, he hears voices, the lies of Satan that stir up his fears. Put your trust in me, the devil says. Who needs God after all? And like us, Jesus finds his calling and his identity by resisting the lie of self-sufficiency and the lure of power. For Jesus and for us, we find God in solitude, deep within our truest human nature, away from the need to impress people or get likes online, away from the expectations of others and the pressure to conform. In the wilderness, we stand outside the crowd, and only there are we al alone enough to treasure not what is external, but what is deep within us. The unconditional acceptance, the mercy, the love of God. So welcome to your vision quest in the Lenten wilderness.
find some time alone. Find some time outside. Then find some time to be here in community. It is here that we will lament the worst of human nature while celebrating that we are indeed created in the image of God. Here we will face our mortality honestly, name our losses, grieve the ways human beings treat the earth and one another. Here we will seek to worship God alone, and here God nourishes us with the word and with the bread of life. These are tough times. African-American blues artist T-Bone Walker gives us some real but honest hope for our wilderness in these lyrics. They call it Stormy Monday, but Tuesday's just as bad. Wednesday's worse, and Thursday's also sad. Eagle flies on Friday, and Saturday I go out to play. Sunday I go to church and kneel down and pray. Even when our week is all wilderness, we love the Lord's day. On this beautiful Sunday, God refreshes us with grace for the journey ahead. Dear friends, when we reach Easter, may we emerge with a different version of ourselves, our true nature.
returning to our baptism, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, these days of Lent and spring, let us pray for the world, the church, and for all people according to their needs. For peace in the Middle East, on the streets of this city, in all places of violence or conflict, hear us, O God. For the church, that with Christ we may turn from evil and be obedient to God's word. Hear us, O God. For desert and wilderness terrains, that we may honor and care for the plants and animals of your creation. Hear us, O God. For all preparing for baptism or affirmation of baptism at Easter, that they may grow in grace. Hear us, O God. For the ELCA World Hunger Appeal, the Lakeview Pantry, the South Loop Community Table, for all who help feed the hungry among us, hear us, O God. For all those struggling in the wilderness of poverty, loneliness, despair, or sickness, especially those we name silently or aloud. that you may nourish them with the bread of life. Hear us, O God. We give you thanks for Blessed Mary, George Herbert, John and Charles Wesley, Perpetua, Felicity, and all the saints who journeyed through the wilderness and now dwell in your paradise. Bring us with them to the joy of the resurrection. Hear us, O God. Hear our prayers, O merciful God, as we eagerly await the day of resurrection and rebirth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Before we share the peace this morning, a few announcements. A warm welcome on this beautiful Lord's Day to all of you, especially those who are guests or worshiping with us for the first time. We stand in the grace and unconditional welcome of God that we also name during Lent that we stand against things like the abuse of the earth and its pollution, injustice toward others, especially racism, xenophobia, ageism, ableism, heterosexism, and the list goes on. If you are new to our community, there are some 
hopeful announcements for you on the last couple pages, 21 and 22. If you are able to attend the new member orientation, uh, today is the due date to let us know, so please either email the church office by noon or just let me know after worship whether you can attend tomorrow. The same is true for the special Bach Passion luncheon and presentation by Mark Bangert, which is described on page 16. Please let us know by today if you're able to attend that next Sunday. Norm Kaiser used to tell me that there are little alms boxes on either side of the doors there. Maybe you've seen them with a little slot. Um, and alms, of course, is an offering. And three of the Lenten disciplines are almsgiving, fasting, and prayer. So as we think of our giving and our sacrificial giving, we could consider this our alms box, or also whether we may be giving online, as many in our community do. But I would urge you, as you consider your growth in generosity, that you link that to the discipline of prayer as well, and you remember the ministries that your offering supports, whether that is a charity, uh, this congregation, helping someone in need, and the ways that our offerings support a variety of ministries, both in our city, our country, and across the world. So may all of us during these 40 days grow in fasting, in giving, and in lives of prayer. A few announcements in light of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, first, the sharing of the peace. We know that there are many ways that it is fine to share the peace. Shaking hands, which you may still choose to do, if you would rather smile or bow or um, embrace, that is always fine, not only now. A couple things about communion. Perhaps what many say is the, the least uh, or the most problem with germs is intention because fingers go in the cup. So just remember that in terms of uh, how you are and what um, you may be carrying, but also remember that if you are sick, stay home but definitely do come and be in community with all of us, and we do not want to be ruled by our fears as well. The common cup, though, though some of us might think that's a concern with germs, studies would show it's actually the safest because there is alcohol, and we, during Lent we have sherry in the cup, and the silver and the wiping is actually a very safe way to commune. Finally, if if it is a concern to you, you always, Lutherans are always free to commune in one kind, the bread, and then to pass the cup as well. So know that as part of your communion practice, not only now, but always. With that in mind, let us now stand and with great joy, the peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. John, please, please remain standing now for the offering hymn.
God, creator of our wilderness world. O God, savior of the lost. O God, comforter of the sick and suffering. We give you thanks for your everlasting might. We glorify you for your covenant of mercy. For 40 days you cleansed the earth with the waters of the flood. We praise you, O God. For 40 days you illumined Moses with the words of your law. We praise you, O God. For 40 years you fed your people with manna from heaven. We praise you, O God. You became truly human in Jesus, our brother. For 40 days, with fasting and prayer, he renounced the power of Satan. On the night before he died, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. We extol his life. Amen. Amen. We lament his death. Amen. Amen. We celebrate his resurrection. Amen. Amen. Transform us, O God, with your lively spirit. Make this food into manna for our journey, the body and blood of your Son. Save us, O God. Grant us with the Ninevites 40 days of repentance. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. Teach us your words of wisdom and justice. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. Renew the whole earth with baptismal grace. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. At the last, lead all your pilgrim people through our deserts to your Easter garden. To you, O God, Creator, Savior, Comforter, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be our worship and praise, adoration and thanksgiving, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. provides bread, food for the journey.
covenant God, you have fed us with the bread of heaven. Sustain us in our Lenten pilgrimage. May our fasting be hunger for justice, our alms a making of peace, and our prayer the song of grateful hearts, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May Christ, who calls you to take up your cross, give you strength to bear your own and one another's burdens. And may God bless you now and forever in the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Remember the poor, 